0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Divide and conquer is the devil's strategy. Unite and conquer is God's way. Divide and conquer, it's what Satan has been doing from the beginning. He divided Adam and Eve from God and then from each other. He divided Cain and his brother Abel, Isaac and his brother Ishmael, Jacob and his brother Esau. He divides families, friends, and neighbors. He pits us against one another so that we see each other as people we are competing with. People to be overcome and conquered rather than as fellow redeemed. It is said that our nation is more divided than it has ever been before. Perhaps, but should we be surprised? It is Satan's way. Get us to see each other as evil. And so ignore him, the true evil one, as he goes about his work of further dividing us. And not just dividing us into small groups, but all the way down to ones, a world of individuals. The hyper-individualism, the me first, the truth is whatever I think it is that we see in the world today. But it actually goes further than even that. As Satan is not satisfied with dividing us from one another, but even within ourselves. As people now divide their minds from their bodies. Their minds can be one thing while their body is another. That's actually been going on for quite some time. An ancient heresy that Satan has recycled and is using in a newly modified way. But he's just up to his old trick. Divide and conquer. That's the history of a world plunged into sin. So we heard today of some scribes who accused Jesus of being possessed by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, and casting out demons by the power of the demonic. They made that accusation because they were trying to divide. They were trying to divide Jesus from the church. They were trying to divide Jesus from the respectable people. They were trying to divide Jesus from those who were following him. But Jesus shows them the absurdity of what they said. Satan is not going to cast out his own. Satan is not going to divide himself or his own kingdom and so hurt himself in his own efforts. Why would he do that? He's not going to divide and conquer himself. His target, rather, is the kingdom of God. So their accusation doesn't hold water. doesn't make sense. They're just spouting off. And then Jesus says two things about what he is actually doing. First, he is not working in league with Satan. He is actually plundering Satan. He has come into this world. He has come into Satan's house to bind him and take back the people he created. That's what he's doing when he casts out demons. He is binding Satan and his minions and taking back his own one person at a time. It is the same thing that still happens today in holy baptism. For there in that water combined with the word of God, the word of God made flesh is casting out unclean spirits and making Children of God. Uniting us to God. Every time a person is baptized, Jesus is plundering Satan. From child of man to child of God. From sinner to saint. From being dead in trespasses and sins to alive in Christ. United to Christ. Then and now, this is not Satan plundering Satan, but God plundering Satan. The stronger one, binding the one stronger than us to set us free from our bondage to sin and unite us in God. God uniting to conquer. Which is the second thing Jesus says here. When the people said that his mother and brothers had come and were looking for him. Looking about at those who sat around him, Jesus said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Now Jesus wasn't dissing his family by saying that, but rather expanding it. For Jesus came to bring all people into his family To reunite what Satan had divided in himself. And how? Well, he says, whoever does the will of God. And so are part of Jesus' family. And those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. For that is what the will of God is. That we believe in the one he has sent. And so we are children of God, not because of what we do, but by grace through faith. By grace through faith, we are united as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so again, Jesus is uniting to conquer. Uniting us in himself to conquer Satan and his kingdom. And maybe where we see that in its greatest and highest form is the cross. For there is where Jesus hangs in the place of all people. There Jesus hangs with the sins of all people who ever lived and who ever will live. There Jesus hangs as all of humanity. All united in himself. As he takes the wrath and punishment of all to redeem all. There on the cross is where every person can look and say, there is God for me. Bruising Satan's head while he himself is bruised. Because Jesus was there giving himself for each and every person, including you. That each and every person be his brother and sister, all united to him in his death. That all be united to him in his life from the dead. The cross is God uniting to conquer. Which is why Jesus also then includes words about the Holy Spirit in this context, in what he says and responds to the scribes. At first, it sounds like Jesus is dying for the sins of all the world, except for one, blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. That seems to be the worst sin of all, sometimes called the unforgivable sin. But it is unforgivable not because it is worse than any other sin or every other sin. But because it's the sin that refuses and shuns forgiveness. It is not that it will not be forgotten or forgiven. It's that it cannot be forgiven. For without the Holy Spirit, we cannot believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot confess that Jesus is our Savior. To say that Jesus has an unclean spirit is rejecting the uniting work of the spirit. To the point of Christ and the spirit uniting us to see in the one on the cross our savior. And so that divides you from Jesus. Only the work of the Holy Spirit unites you to Jesus. And his work of forgiveness and life. So, putting that all together in that house that day, in Jesus' hometown, we see both division and unity. The division worked by unbelief, and the unity worked by faith. Division and unbelief that are tools of Satan, unity and faith that are the works of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So what about this house here today? What about your houses and homes? Your families, friends, neighbors, workplaces, and schools? Are there people you are divided from? People that you avoid? Hard feelings, grudges, or feuds? Divisions that you know of, but you really don't want to address? Because it's easier not to, right? To just ignore them and hope they will go away or get better by themselves. But they rarely do. We just remain divided and grow farther apart and become hardened in our positions. So, how important to remember divide and conquer is the devil's strategy. Unite and conquer is God's way. And so it is when we come to this altar. Jesus says that if you know your brother has something against you, go reconcile and then come. Come in unity and peace. Come in repentance and receive forgiveness, that healing medicine that we need. Forgive one another as you have been forgiven. See each other not as people we are different from or divided from. But as people for whom Jesus died. People he wants to unite with himself. And so unite us with them in himself. It's hard to look at people that way though, isn't it? Maybe we just see what we want to see. See good in ourselves and something less than that in them. That would be something we need to repent of, wouldn't it? And ask the Holy Spirit not only for forgiveness, which He has promised. So yes, you are forgiven. But also to change our hearts. To see ourselves rightly. And to see others as those for whom Jesus died in love. You know, I always think that the readings for this first regular Sunday in the Pentecost season set the tone for the whole season. And so today that would be the unity that we have in Jesus. That by grace through faith he has made us his brothers and sisters. And that he desires this unity for all people in him. And to think about how he might be using you to that end. Using you in his work of uniting, reconciling, and forgiving. This is what St. Paul was encouraging the Corinthian Christians to do. The Corinthian church, that if any church needed uniting, it was that one. We believe and we speak, he says. Now certainly pastors do that, preaching and teaching. But so do you. In the places and in the vocations where your heavenly father has put you. You believe and you speak. You live what you believe. So you believe that you are a sinner, and so speak, confessing your sins here, but also asking forgiveness from those you have wronged. You believe that you are forgiven. You hear that every week here in the absolution, and you live that forgiveness in joy and freedom, and in speaking it to those who have sinned against you. You believe that there is unity among us in Christ. And so you strive to maintain that unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And speak to others that they too have this unity with us. And while, as Paul says, our outer nature is wasting away and divisions remain among us. Sometimes because of us and sometimes in spite of our best efforts. We don't lose hope. Because in the midst of this world, and all that we can see, there remains what is unseen. And what is unseen is eternal. And the afflictions we are going through now, Paul says, are preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And notice, preparing for us. Plural. Together, not me, separate individual. But us, united together in Christ. United here in our afflictions and united here in our joy. The body of Christ, suffering together, rejoicing together, but always together in Jesus. The stronger man who has come to bind the strong man and set us free. Free in the forgiveness of our sins. Free to live as children of God and brothers and sisters in Christ. Which is just as true today as when Jesus spoke those words. And if he were here today, he would look out over this congregation and he would say the same thing. Here. Are my brothers and sisters and mother. And you are baptized, forgiven, fed, united in Christ, united by Christ, your Savior. A kingdom that is united in the one risen from the dead, in the one victorious over death and the grave and all the powers of hell. And so a kingdom. That will never fall. United in Christ. That's you. Unite and conquer. That's God's way. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.